Thank you for tuning in to Southport Church's weekly podcast. We hope that you find it as a source of encouragement, inspiration, and it's an added piece of your library that you use to grow in your faith and walk with God. We hope that you tune in every week, that you subscribe, and you leave us a comment of how these uh, scriptures and these sermons inspire you and equip you and empower you to live out the life that God's given you. Thanks for supporting this ministry, and we hope we can see you sometime in service. God bless you. I am just pumped to share the mercies of God and to experience this life-producing act of engaging with God's Word. God's Word is life-producing, amen? And so we have that opportunity this morning to, to read out of God's Word. Now, I remember the first time that I ever read a Bible. It was, I was a, a young teen, about 13 or so, or 14, and my mom had um, this version of the New Living Translation. This exact copy is around the church somewhere. I was so thrilled when I saw it. But this green bound leather from uh, Tyndale, I remember it. And I thought it, when it said New Living, it kind of freaked me out. Like, is it really alive? You know, and so um, <laughs> it is alive. <laughs> That's for sure. But I remember uh, reading it for the first time, trying to discern and I just didn't understand a thing. It didn't make any sense to me. And I think I was in Habakkuk or Ezekiel or, or something like that. And I just didn't know what was going on. And so, um, but fast forward four years later, and I am a new believer in Christ. I have a faith. And as I'm figuring this out, I have this itch to pick up that Bible again. And try to understand, because if it's the good book, then I know it's got something good for me. And so I wanted to dive into it and see if there was something to it. And I remember I was listening to some radio station. I was in the back of my uh, first pickup. You guys remember your first car you ever had? You know, some special connection there. And I just remember sitting in the bed of my little Toyota pickup with that green bound leather Bible sitting in the sun and just kind of go, okay, God, please help me understand this. And it was the beginning of uh, the first letter of John. And I was literally like the words on the page just like moved and opened up. It was amazing to just see God's word just do that right in front of me. And I read a verse and I went, I know what that means. How to apply it? I have no idea, but I know what it means. I know what he's saying. And it was just amazing. And it it was the first step that I realized I needed to pick up the word more and more. I needed to, if I wanted to understand more and more, I needed to figure out how to build this kind of habit of reading the word in our lives. And so that's, that's really what I want to talk about is in our life, how you and I, how do we change? How do we things come to fruition or come true in our lives? Is it just only a supernatural experience, kind of like that? Is it someone kicking you in the tail saying, you know, get off the couch and do something in your life? What is it, you know? What is it that causes you to change? Is it praying, Lord, please change my husband? You know, whatever it is, that's not just for prayer, but maybe it is, I don't know. But one area that we need to stress talking about change because we've been talking about change in this series and we've been we talked about procrastination last week 
But today, we need to talk about the power of habits and decisions. Habits. A lot of us have habits, right? I'm sure in the last 10 months that you guys have picked up some new habits, like wearing sweatsuits six days a week, right? Or trying to limit yourself only to DoorDash two times a week, a day, a Netflix binge sesh, whatever it is, right? You have picked up habits. And we usually look at the front of this year, and this is the last day of January, as an opportunity to say, what can this new year, this new season bring? And it's a chance to review, to renew, and remake efforts for change by new habits. And that's what we're focusing on today, is that really habits that cultivate spiritual formation bring about change. We have to have habits that are about developing us as disciples. Not just followers, but doers of the word. And so that's what we're really going to be focusing on that today. And I wonder, in your walk with God, in your relationship of figuring all this out, have you ever had a moment when your response was, I need to pray or seek God on this? Was there ever a moment where you needed to read the word for insight and tips and advice and wisdom? Or maybe there was a moment where you knew you had to apply what you read and understood. Like, I got to forgive that moment. I got to forgive that person, even if they're still my enemy. And so to do these kind of things, you need spiritual formation to allow them to see change in your life. We as believers in Jesus are not meant to stay at the same place. We're meant to grow and, and shape and form. And so... The result of that is God's work in us to form us into a person who loves him and who lives for his kingdom above any other kingdom that's here on earth. And so habits, you know, they're not just one-time attempts, one-time efforts, not monthly efforts or an annual effort or um, activity or when the pastor says to do it or when, you know, my mom says to do it or whatever it is. And I, and I want you to think right now about a habit that you have every single day. What's something you do every single day? For me, before I go to bed, I always set up coffee. Like, I, you know, I know the scoops, and I know the machine, and I know, you know, all these things. Because when I wake up, I need it. I need it right away. And if I get in a habit of setting myself up for the morning, that's going to start my day a lot better. This last week in all my busyness, I realized that I ran out of the house one day without drinking any coffee. And by 10, 30, 11, I had a headache. And that was the consequence of not following through on my habit, right? And that's just a small example. But what are your habits? Whether it's having the most amazing Pinterest boards that anyone could envy. Or if you're just focused on trying to have the single source uh, ground coffee with the pour over and the organic filters, you know, you can just spend hours trying to debate with other people about the best type of coffee, you know, you could, you could be in this habit of growing kind of silly things, but your habits, our daily recurring decisions, really they cultivate outcomes in our life. They, they, they re result in the, what they can shape in your life. The habit you ha reinforce every day. The devotion, the sacrifice, 
when it comes to us being formed as spiritual beings, where we show the mercy of God, where we have a sense of discernment between His way and not His way, where there's able to lead or make prayers of intercession on others' behalf, are there because we have been changed by a habit that produces more of Christ-like spirit manifesting in us. And that takes work. That takes effort. That takes commitment. That takes the reality that if we want to see change in our day-to-day, we got to be making change day-to-day. And that takes a lot of focus and attention. So, much of this was part of the instruction that the Apostle Paul was giving and encouraging to his first letter to the minister of Timothy, young Timothy. He was like a son to him. And the context here, before we jump into 1 Timothy 4, 6-9, and I want to encourage you that if you have our uh, Church Center app, there's a spot there for the sermon notes. You have all my sermon notes. You have uh, a link to the handout I'm going to give out later. All these things. I encourage you to have that because I want you to be informed. But the context here in, in 1 Timothy 4 is that Paul is, is reminding Timothy that there are people who are he's trying to lead in the city that he serves that believe in myths and tales and they want to renounce faith, they want to believe in a different spirit than the spirit of the God of God in, in a way to help neutralize and minimize what the spirit can do in the life of a believer. And we have to, and he's saying, Timothy, you need to be a teacher and you need to instruct you need to be one that's faithful to the Word of God because there will be a cultivation of a response out of that in the people that you're leading. And so we're going to jump into this, First Timothy. You can read it on the screen or the Bible that you have in front of you there. But this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says this, verse 6. If you put these instructions before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound teaching you have followed. Have nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. It's funny, this week I had a little sty in my eye, and, and we're at dinner, and Jess is like, what's wrong with your eye? And I said, I have a sty in my eye. And she said, that's because you lie. I was like, what? Did you hear that wives' tale? I'm all, guess what I'm preaching this Sunday, hon? Read, read, you know, I, I was all proud for a moment, but my eye hurt, and she was kind of giggling. Have nothing to do with old wives' tales, right? <laughs> Next part, verse 7 there. Train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. For while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. The same is sure and worthy of full acceptance. And I want us to hold on to that last part of verse 7. Train yourself in godliness. We have a gym on the other side of this wall here. They're amazing neighbors. I'm so thankful for them. Um, great people. And uh, they are um, all about holistic health, you know. But they're not about, they're just because they're a gym, not a church, they're not about the spiritual health and training and godliness that we, that's what we do on this side, okay? We get spiritually fit over there, you get everything else fit, okay? So we want this side to be fit spiritually and then maybe go take care of that, you know, in the, in the afternoon. But, so
so we want to train ourselves here. And, and Christian growth isn't just about self-discipline and self-control. A lot of us will get locked into our faith and saying, if I'm going to be a good follower, I will have self-control, I will control myself, I will deny temptation, I will do all these things. That's true. That's important. But we are talking about how you can also bring in habits, how you can bring in steps in your day that are going to help be a powerful part of your change as a believer in Christ. Some of us may have felt like we plateaued over the last 10 months. Some of us may have lost faith or increased in doubt. Some of us may have never experienced like anything we had in the last 10 months when it comes to living our lives towards godliness. We're all over the map. And that's partly why we need community. Through the camera and here, everywhere, text, phone call, meet up, side by side, anchor groups, Whatever it is, we need that. And so this may be a bit of insight for you, who we are as a church uh, of believers, is that our church focuses on the principle of personal holiness. And it's not a holiness where it's, we're better than others type of thing. No, 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 no. Not holier than thou, okay? And, and I was trying to find something that I really, would really help me convey to you what's this idea or how do we grow in holiness you know do i need white clothing do i need you know do i need you know what is it and, no and and i love this by uh, mr richard foster this quote here holiness is sustained attention to the heart the source of all action i love this quote because it just really simplifies it for me Holiness is having the sustained attention to your heart. So a lot of times we allow our heart to go in directions that we never meant for it to do, but out of habit, it kind of wanders in these directions. It gets exposed to different things or to old things that are speed bumps for us. But when we look at it, it kind of flips it on its head. We think holiness is about action and performance sometimes. But Richard Foster is flipping that. and saying holiness is that sustained focus on your heart. If you want to read something about Richard Foster, we have a couple copies of one of his books in the lobby. I didn't know this was going to, that little plug there. I'm not getting anything from Richard. Just want you to know. But he's such a good, he is such a good author. Um, but I, yeah, I really love that quote. And so it's, it's really um, building up this idea that you can work really hard Try to take every aspect of your life to the next level, you know, your work, your, your fitness, your relationships, your vocabulary, uh, your knowledge, uh, your whatever, whatever's in your garage, your, your financial status. You could be working on all these things looking amazing, but all of us are going to get up on the stage of life and we're going to blow it. We're going to stutter, we're going to stall, we're going we're to stammer, we're going to make mistakes. Faith is not a performance, y'all. And if you're thinking it is, then I gotta let you know. I'm gonna let you off the hook. We all blown it, okay? The show's over, okay? And but thankfully, the second coming, the second act is gonna remind us that we have a security in heaven because of Jesus Christ, okay? And so I, I picture kind of America's Got Talent. 
All the judges X'd you out. There is no golden buzzer. You're out of there, okay? So let's focus on the heart. <laughs> so describing a holy life, Foster emphasizes this idea of virtues and vices. Ever heard of a virtue? Ever heard of a vice? You have virtue. You have a vice. These are things to understand when it comes in our relationship of habits and spiritually forming with God. See, he says this, that virtue is a good habit that we can rely upon to make our life work. I love how simple he's breaking it down. A virtue is just makes your life work. Conversely, vices are bad habits that we can rely upon to make our life not work, to make it dysfunctional as we say. So when it comes to how you're living a holy life, is your life working? Does your life work? When it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to your relationships with others, when it comes to your identity, your security, you carrying through the dis disciplines and, and, and living out the teachings and the wisdom that's in the Bible, does your life work? Or are we having turmoil and insecurities and, and, and unmet needs? Are there decisions and habits that we bring into our lives, our family, our, our marriages, our, our health, our work, our minds that just kind of gum up the gears that God's been laying out and saying, this is the way. And I, I want to say that quote again. Holiness is sustained attention to the heart. Sustain your attention to your heart because it is prone to want. And it is fickle. Sorry, Disney, I will not just trust my heart, okay? It has led me astray. Because attention to the heart is the source of all action. And we are creatures of habit, right? Some of us wear the same shirt on Sunday. I, there was like a few weeks where I was like wearing the same thing. Like man, when we were live and stuff, I was like, people are going to think I just don't change all week long, you know? And I just roll out and here I am. I, I better fix that. <clears throat> but, but the thing is, habits tell us more about ourselves then we tell people what we believe. Philosopher James Smith explains our wants and our longings and our desires are at the core of our identity. Yeah, I'd say so. And this wellspring is from where all our actions and behavior flow. So the way that you're forming your habits is coming from what you desire and what you want. I want to be successful. I want to be a good spouse. I want to be a good student. I want to, I want to be uh, in retirement like I really am retired at this age. You know, all these wants and desires drive habits. It's the same when it comes to our life of holiness. When we want to be in aligned with God, we find ourselves implementing habits that complement that. That say, yeah, it does matter by the what, what we do and what we're cultivating in life. And I want you to think about the day, uh, the week, the season, the chapter of your life ahead. How much sustained attention are you going to be able to direct at your heart? I'll get to it. Uh, around Easter, uh, when my wife harps on me. Uh, you know, when things go really bad or when I'm bored or I don't know. 
because it kind of sounds exhausting to have a sustained attention to your heart, right? Ever been in a steering contest? Ever win a steering contest? As a youth pastor, I have seen one of the longest steering contests I have ever known into mankind. It happened in San Diego, 2015, at a conference, youth conference. This kid was like 32 minutes in. His eyes were just gushing with tears. It was horrific to look at, but I respected that young man like nothing else, okay? But that sustained attention won him this cool little trophy, and but I don't even remember his name, so it doesn't even matter, right? But when we sustain attention to the things that matter, it takes work. It can be hard. It takes sacrifice and dedication. I have something here. This is a, a med ball, right? Got a lot of those next door. I didn't steal theirs. This is mine. Okay, I'm not a thief. You can do a lot of exercise with this med ball. And if you, if I said to one of you, okay, I want you to do 20 slams in a minute, some of you might just laugh and run away. Some of you might be excited because you can't wait to do it. But to be able to do slams at a sustained rate for a minute, it takes attention to form and posture and breathing and where your mind is, right? It takes all this effort and focus and attention just to move this ball of sand over and over again in a, in a rhythm that produces an outcome of an elevated heart rate and some pretty killer calves by summer, okay? When we say we want to follow God, it takes a lot of attention. We have to have good form. We have to think about where our mind is. We have to do all these things that implement and build a habit. Amen? It takes work. So a holy life is a life that simply works. And you may say, you know, I, I really need help. I, I, there's so much in life right now that I can't just focus attention. I can't go any deeper. I can't give any more time. I don't know what to do. I'm plateaued. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too whatever it is. But that's why, again, we return to the Word of God, as I said at the beginning, because the Word is alive. It gives us what we need, more than what we need. And we look at a psalm like Psalm 18.6, In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. And this informs us that God knows us, God hears us, and God is involved. And he wants to shape you and form you into one who looks like his son. And I would say if, if we are crying out to God, then we should cry out to him with humbleness, not a shopping list, right? We should be crying out, and if that should really be the first step first habit you can make, then make that the first step and the first habit in this year. I talk to God, I share within my heart, my fears, my, my heartache, my desires, my wants, and then I wait for Him to respond. How, 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 what do I do with this want? Do I let it go? Or do I pursue it? Do I, how do I handle this? What does this mean for my marriage, my family, my kids, my, my work? Like You need to be in that place of crying out to God. And one of the greatest things that happens is when we approach God, the Bible says this too, when we call out to God and pray to Him, we, if we can finish it with gratitude, if we can finish it with thanksgiving, 
the result is peace. Isn't that amazing? We can just come to Him with anything. But if we finish it with gratitude, there's something about us, the way that we're wired, we finish with it with gratitude. We get peace. And nothing may change yet, but we know God is working. And so our daily habits must be shaped by spiritual disciplines that can recalibrate our hearts, that can give us a new lens to be about the things that God desires. And we need to be about these disciplines that Pastor Ricardo shared a few weeks ago. Prayer and meditation, uh, reading the word, praise, and other disciplines. They help shape us. Get us into shape, right? Whatever it is. And how are you cultivating that in your life? And what happens is that if you can do these little things, if it's just giving God praise, giving God uh, acknowledgement and crying out to Him, then you got to stack that with something else. Maybe you go to His Word. Maybe you reach out to someone else. Maybe maybe you get a Bible study. Maybe you join a, a, um, a, a Bible study. Maybe you get a side-by-side. Maybe you talk to one of us on staff. You start to stack that habit. It starts to build something new. Ever heard of habit stacking? Habit stacking. That's what I'm saying. Habit stacking. Habit stacking. Okay, I want, I want to teach and disciple here a bit this morning, okay? So this morning I have on the screen something. And sorry, it's hard to read. I'll explain it. Um, habit stacking, I didn't create it. It came from uh, someone named James uh, Queer. Uh, and uh, he's the author of Atomic Habits. And so that's a great book as well. I've read that one. It's good. But habit stacking, and you can get this uh, in the lobby. I have it out there under the Grow Together board, or it's on your sermon notes, okay? It's all about understanding how you can do one thing that leads to another habit, that leads to another habit, that leads to another habit. And as you stack these habits, it brings change. And the four lines up there, um, it says cue, craving, response, and reward. Cue, craving, response, reward. A cue in the morning as I wake up and I stumble downstairs. That's my cue. My craving, coffee, okay? My response, get the coffee, okay? The reward, an alert mind, all right? That, follow that down over the habit two. Read the word. That's the cue. The craving, connection with God. The response, I find a, a plan that I'm in or I search the Psalms. And the reward, God, hopefully God will speak to me or some insight will come. And then the next habit after that is prayer or meditation. And you see how you start to stack it up? And you write down habit one, two, three, you put five spots there. If you can just come up with five habits that you want to do in your morning or in your evening, and you just start implementing this, you're going to see change. And I'm not saying it's foolproof, okay? I'm just saying this is a tool, this is a way to maybe think about what's the cue in your life that's going to take you away or towards God's working for you. What cue? Someone yells at you? Your boss enters the room, your mom enters your room, whatever it is, right? Someone goes away, or the day is over, or the day begins, or you have dinner, or it's Sunday, or whatever it is. What's the cue? And what should be the craving? Is it a virtue or a vice? And what's the response? Full of virtue, or godliness, or rebellion, or doubt? And then what's the reward? And you act out on those things. So, I hope that's helpful. That's something I want you to have. Please grab one of those, talk to me about it, 
if you if you want to maybe talk about what kind of habits we can implement in our day to day. Because I'm working on a few. I'm with you in this. I'm evaluating my life. New Year, I always kind of go, what didn't work? Let's change, okay? All right. So I want you, when you think of somebody who's talented, you know, football wide receiver who can catch with one hand, or someone who just has an amazing drive down the fairway, or somebody else who's super talented, you know, like Rod, he was born with a guitar just attached to him, you know, it's an extension of his body. Does that just happen naturally? Everyone but Rod, no, okay? It takes talent to build, and, and you only do that with a habit, repeating it over and over again. And like I said at the beginning, habits that cultivate spiritual formation bring about change. And this doesn't usually happen overnight. It takes weeks and days and months and seasons of just saying, this is my habit. I'm going to stack this up. I'm going to live it out. I'm going to see God work. There's going to be trials, but I'm going to have good form. I'm going to be focused on the end in mind, right? Because I want to be more like Christ. I want to see change in my life. I want to see healing. I want to see a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh, so I can receive what God has for me. When I graduated seminary, I, Jess and I, we were engaged, and, and I said, I, I want to be a preacher man. I didn't really say it like that, but I'm going to be a preacher, so great. And then uh, I shared what God was doing in my life at the local uh, uh, church we were attending in Pasadena, Rose City. And, and the thing is, I had really allowed my ability to speak in front of people just to go away. It atrophied like a muffle, you know. And I remember just wanting to share in front of the congregation, and I could barely get two words out. And I sat down, and Jeff was like, are you sure that's what you're supposed to do? Like, thanks, hon. But the reality is that I allowed that habit to just get out of shape. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes practice. It took attention and discipline and a willingness to let God to develop what he wanted out of it. And for you, it takes time and attention and discipline and a willingness to let God develop in you not just the best version of you. I mean, you're great and all, but I want us all to be more like Christ. Okay? And that is the goal that we continue to be attentive to the heart that transforms more and more to the beat and focus of God. That we are live as adopted sons and daughters. Of, we are the beloved and we are aligned with the works of God in the world that we sit in and the community that we are serving in. And it's really astounding to me when I sit down with someone and I hear what God's doing in their life. Um, we talk about side, side by side. There's somebody in our church that I meet with pretty often and, and to hear what's going on with him. Yes, keep going, keep going, you know. I want to see God build something new in you. Keep doing that habit. Keep doing that train of thought. And so that's why it's so important. We're pretty soon we're going to launch a campaign, a campaign called uh, EOC. Dave, I didn't say AOC, don't worry. Uh, EOC, everyone connected, okay. Everyone is connected. We want everyone connected. Isn't that a good idea? Everyone connected. After 2020, Everyone connected. Everyone is known. Because you cannot fully know yourself unless you are known by community. And I wonder, what outcome are you cultivating in your life right now? What's going on? Do you have habits? Do you have a stack? Do you have a 
maybe a, a mess of a pile of things that happen every day. I don't know. But the thing is, is my hope is that God will break us down and build us up in a better form over and over again as we are being shaped by the potter's hands. And so he stacks up these decisions day after day and they plant seeds of discipleship that we're going to cultivate godliness like, like we hope we never see before. And so that's the hope is that you are going to have success in your stack, right? Whatever it is, and you could start tonight, you can write these out, and you could start tomorrow, a new week, with habits in mind of how you're implementing spiritual formation that cultivates the heart of God and the work of Christ in your life. That's exciting. Because it's not based just on what you can and can't do, it's on what God can do. What God is willing to do, if we are willing to take up the discipline. I'm going to invite the worship team back up, and we're going to close again with graves into gardens. And I love that song because it really is about renewal. It's about change. It's about God moving in ways that we didn't expect ever before. And I pray that you get your life in a rhythm where you are going to keep moving and being drawn by the person of Jesus to build in a new way this year. So I'm going to pray close out. God, we thank you so much for your goodness. Father, we love you. We give you adoration and praise. God, we recognize that some of us have habits that are building us in that direction of your goodness. Other of us may struggle. We, we do feel like we're at a dead end or we do feel that we're in a season of mourning loss or something. But God, we desire that you, by your mercy, that are new every morning, bring us into a new season of being able to be built up, to exercise your mercy into our lives and the lives of others. God, thank you that we are gathered, that we are amongst one another. Yeah, I made this to be a, a starting point where we as a church have habits that stack up and as we love and grow and serve, as we're authentic in our faith, as we're compassionate with our neighbors, as we are generous with our talents and everything that he's given us. May our vision be clear. May we have focus. May we have momentum each and every day. Because you're the one that sets the horizon. Not us. God, may we just drop anything that's holding us back. May we just surrender it to you. May we respond to how you're prompting us to start a new habit of discipline of discipleship. May we say yes, because we're saying yes to your work in our life. That's what we want the most, God, to take every dead end, every grave, and turn it into a garden. We hope that you found this sermon encouraging, inspiring, and something that you are going to be chewing on for a while. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us at southportchurchonline.com and you can leave us a comment. And we ask that you subscribe and share and allow this ministry to continue to expand to wherever God is leading it. We pray that you are blessed and remember to love, grow, and serve.